welcome to Gen Topic. I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And it's Friday at five o'clock. Oh, time for gin. Yay! We're going to drink a gin with our guests and enjoy this week's topic. Yay! Cheers! Cheers! Last episode in the series, Anya. Oh, it's come around quite fast, actually. Do you know, it has come around really, really fast this time. Yeah. Don't know why. I know. And it's like it's just suddenly happened and I haven't been Mm. ready for it. And it's like, oh. It's here. It's here. It's the last one. Yeah. Are you a little bit sad? I'm not sure I'm ready. Do you know, I am Mm. because, you know, I enjoy it and I enjoy being with you and having lots of gin and seeing Emma and... I like how you make it seem like if we're not recording, you don't see me and have lots of gin because... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I worked out. This is my last weekend in Bristol for like five, six weeks. And then I worked out, you're seeing me twice in June. Then you've got two weeks of me in July. You're going to actually see quite a lot of me over summer. (laughs) I better make sure we got enough gin in. You better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we're getting through this series of gin. Uh-oh. But yeah, it is. It is a bit of a bit of a shock to the system to come to the last one. It is. But hey, it's always got to come to the end because then we could just have a little relax, work out what gins we're going to drink next time, what topics we're going to talk about. Oh, look about. at that. She's so... already planning. There's no end. <laughs> <laughs> Series six. <laughs> Who knows? But back to this. Yeah. Last episode of the series. It is. Whoop, it is. Whoop, and whoop, whoop. who are we speaking to for our final episode of this series? So... For our final episode, we are talking to Annabelle Collinson. Okay, good. Okay, there we go then. That's it. That was all we needed to do. Lovely. (laughs) Can't wait. Would you like to know a little bit more? I would. Yes, please. So Annabelle Collinson is business partner and director of content at Visions of Soon. Okay. Director of content, I understand. Okay. I think. Good. Glad you do. It's it's content, you know? It's like all the stuff that goes out, so it's it's a thing. Yeah. It's tangible. It is a thing. If a bit wankery bollocky. Business partner, director content, visions of soon. What is visions of soon? Yeah. Uh visions of soon is soon, an imagined place and a coming reality. We create the environmental future we envision. Mm. Mm. Our mission to promote a new hopeful climate narrative tempered by pragmatism and made precise by vision to help people from any skill level and background find where they can make a meaningful difference. Okay, I liked I liked a lot of that. That was good. So the reason why we're talking with Visions of Soon is we were originally going to be talking to their co-founder, Madeline, um, but Madeline doesn't drink gin okay and didn't want to well we were going to drink a non-alcoholic gin mm-hmm. with madeline uh but then um annabelle her business partner and director of content said 
I like drinking gin. Brilliant. I'll talk about visions as soon. Uh, So that is who we are talking to. And what are we talking about? We are talking about climate change. Oh, this is another one where you're going to be on your soapbox. I don't know. Well, maybe. 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 Who look, knows? Sarah, there are certain things that excite both of us, okay? When we are someone who wants to yeah. talk about books, we know I'm going to be annoying yeah. and I'm going to be excited. When someone comes on and says climate change, all I can think about is all the weird shit we have in our house that you've bought in to help us be more eco-friendly. Well, and I'm hoping that answering the first question will just give me validation for all this weird shit that we've got in the house. Hopefully. Because the first question is... Do our actions really matter for combating climate change? Ah, okay. And if so, what should we be doing? Well, I'm not going to talk about that because I've got to wait until later on to talk about my thoughts, don't I? Because I just remembered the format of our podcast because I got distracted (laughs) by the fact that that download that I was trying to do has failed again. I went to go fuck and then I was like, I'm I'm doing the podcast thing, so it doesn't matter anyway now. Concentrate, concentrate. I've got rid of it. I've got rid of it now. But then I went and start talking and I was like, nope, that's not how we do things. No, it's not. But anyway, so that's what it is. Obviously, we're going to drink gin and then we'll we'll talk climate change for our final episode of the series. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Now, if you haven't listened to this week's tasting room yet, we've already spent a little time chatting with our guest and with our gin expert, Emma. Finding out all about this week's gin, why our guest has chosen it, what it tastes like, and whether we like it or not. And this week we're drinking Star of Bombay. So don't forget to listen to our tasting room. But now, on with the topic. Annabelle, you get to sit and enjoy your neat gin and Anya and I will divulge all that we think we know about your topic and what we think the answers are to your questions and then you will know quite how much you need to educate us on. Yeah. Fantastic. Final episode, Anya, how much are we going to get? Okay. We are talking climate change Do our actions really matter for combating climate change? And if so, what should we be doing? Huge questions. Massive, massive questions there. Um, I think it's not black and white is where I'm going to go with (laughs) my answer. I know, I'm going to pretend I've got some intelligence about me today. Saddle up, let's see what happens. Um, Is that like, you know, you've got floral notes and you haven't got floral notes? It's that kind of black and white? Yes, we've got something there. It's very much that. (laughs) I'm I'm bullshitting this like an A-level exam question right now. Um, Go on. I think big companies are very much Mm. responsible for things. Um, Coca-Cola gets thrown around a lot. Um, As it should. That was good, that's good. (laughs) Um, But I would say it's not a bad thing for individuals to try and do their bit. And in terms of what we should be doing, um, I don't flush when I go to blue at night. Uh, So that's my my add in there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What else do I do? I have a water bottle that I take everywhere with me. 
and I have a metal straw. So I'm doing my part. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And as we said at the beginning, it's my soapbox. I'm obsessed with what we can be doing better in our household Mm -hmm. and constantly changing things to try and be better and do better. Um, I really hope that what I'm doing is beneficial because if it's not that's a lot of my energy oh and a lot so of time much of your going energy into and things. so much of the family's time as well like we love it we love it but occasionally you do catch dad sort of going sarah's got a new thing yeah as i go and pull everything out of the bin and separate it and deal with it and blah 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 which reminds mm. me when we did the episode on plastic waste mm. and you know how that has become, you know, just waste. And actually we should be, uh, what was it we should be doing? We should be getting the polluter to pay, which goes to your Coca-Cola mm. thing, doesn't it? Mm. God, Sarah, look at you go. I've like remembered some stuff. It's Whoa, amazing. This never happens. Uh, <laughs> it's like, bing. Uh, but only because it is one of those soapboxes. So I'd hope that we're doing enough, but I, I'd hope that also the campaigning is doing enough. But mm. I also just think that maybe it's not because when Mm. you think of you know we had cop 20 what are we 27 26 I don't know when it was in the UK and it was big and it was like this is going to be a moment and with whole of coronavirus and you know this is going to really change our attitudes and blah 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 and I do worry that now we're just like slipping back into what we do I saw somebody on Twitter say it was like, um, you know, in the Marvel films when they have the blip and like half the world goes and then they all come back and it's like crazy. (laughs) Someone said like, what's essentially happened is we've got used to the blip, like coronavirus happened. Now we're like, yeah, we're just carrying on. Like same old, same old. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So is what we do making a difference? I bloody hope so. Is it enough? Probably not. Um, oh, you're very should... pessimistic today, Sarah. Can we turn that pessimism around, please? I'd like some optimism in this final one of the series. I'll do my. I'll do my best. Do you know? I really would. I really would because I think I spend a lot of time with climate modellers who just go, "We're doomed. <laughs> That's it. We've gone past the point. We've done. You know, fuck it. We're all doomed. Drink gin because." Yeah. Annabelle, please tell us we're not doomed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say I'm not one of the world's leading experts on, on climate change and environmental conservation. I think that's an important preface. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we are entirely doomed. Yay! Um, yay! yay! Um, that being said, things are looking bleak, so buckle up. <laughs> okay, but, um, good. Disclaimer, <laughs> we're not doomed bleak, yet, but, we're, but it's not we're approaching the, the cliff. <laughs> It's a, it's a bit it's a bit of a seesaw. I um I don't know about you two, but I grew up um I grew up in sort of a time when a lot of the campaigns were like, have you turned off your lights and turned mm-hmm. off your water mm-hmm. and making sure you're turning off the sink when you um when you brush your teeth. And oh yeah, I heard the phrase "think of the polar bears" at least once a week in the house, which I still I still say it. I tell other people now, "Think of the polar you bears." Should. If for no other reason, because they're very cute. The constant shout of polar bear killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even a poem that we use. I mean, we're extra with it. I uh, well, you know what? That seems fair. And I think I, I think growing up with that, it like 
raised a generation of people who really thought that these small individual actions could could save could save mm. our planet. Mm. And I think one of the realizations that a lot of people have been coming to is that, you know, like you mentioned, Anya, like major corporations are responsible. There's about 12 of them. They call them the dirty dozen for a reason, mm. that they are primarily responsible for an enormous amount of the degradation and pollution that you see in the world today. And so I think that we've come to a bit of a realization that, oh, you know, we're not completely at fault but that being said, you know, and two things are true. A, the Western world has been contributing to the majority of the pollution. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it is our responsibility to fix what we've broken mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we are not going to be experiencing, you know, the sort of enormous burden that will come with climate change. Mm -hmm. Developing countries will be experiencing that. And the second piece is... I think that w what has happened now is we've seen sort of really rapidly increasing degradation and all of the really kind of fear-mongering news stories and all of the climate scientists who rightfully so indicate that we are headed towards um, a certain amount of devastation is that young people genuinely do feel like there's nothing that can be done. And so they just yeah. sort of sit down and give up. Yeah, which that is a that is a thing I hear, you know, a lot about the personal, so thinking about, you know all the things that I try and do and then there's often the counter argument of but it's the big corporates and actually none of this matters and I think as a a youth mm -hmm. in quotation yeah. marks because mm -hmm. um there is that that I think our whole personalities swing violently between the two with everything we're like super stressed and anxious about everything but also on the other hand we're like you know what fuck it it doesn't matter and I think matter. that's the view Can't on do climate anything. change is yeah. the exact same as our view on everything, which is I'm really fucking stressed about this, but also I'm so stressed I can't care anymore. I think that that's, you know, the idea of climate anxiety is like so real for so many people, mm. for so many young people who genuinely do feel that this is one of the most sort of anxiety inducing issues. But there are psychological sort of analyses and studies that genuinely prove um, statistically, if you put people in this sort of state of severe anxiety all the time about the climate crisis, actually what you get is apathy, not action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. actually what you're sort of, you're um, perpetuating a cycle of people who will not take action because they don't think that there's anything to be done. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the most important things we can do now is take things sort of step by step. If you have, you know, um, a pile of, uh, you know, a hundred five pound weights. You're not going to try and pick up the pile in one go, are you? You're going to take a five pound weight at a time. And I think we have to approach this issue in a similar fashion. And that means that we do have to take action, but the small steps lead to big steps. We can't mm. anticipate that we're going to do one thing and it's going to lead to everything else being fixed. And mm. that consistency, that diligence, we need it. And it starts with encouraging young people and reminding them that, we are factually in a position we don't want to be in. And mm. also there are things we can do about it so that we... Take your uh, reusable tote bag to go and egg the giant corporate place near you. <laughs> Steady on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> so I think I think that one of the things that um I uh that we've been thinking about my my part and my business partner Madeline and I have been thinking about it visions of soon is thinking about how many different ways can we encourage young people to get involved mm. because young people will say well, you know, I don't have time or I don't have money or I don't mm-hmm. have access or mm-hmm. I can't find the resources. You know, if as a, as a person who has been sort of involved in the climate space for a while now, even I going on the internet and trying to navigate and look for resources and opportunities, even I struggle to find mm-hmm. reliable, credible resources from mm-hmm. organizations that I believe are doing the important things that are donating to the right places that are, you know, funneling sort of funding and, and re- resources to the people who need it most. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. even I struggle and I'm, and I'm not the expert of experts, but I am somebody with a bit of experience. I can't imagine if you were just a young person who thought I think I should do something and you just were trying to find a resource Mm. you'd kind of be at a loss and that in and of itself is hard and just to clarify quickly when we say young people what sort of demographic (laughs) are we looking at because no because it's different for everybody isn't it absolutely everyone's everyone can be young yeah (laughs) yeah yeah how young I'm technically young but I don't feel young I feel about 50 (laughs) inside so you know (laughs) uh, you know I think our main our primary demographic is like 18 to 35 Mm -hmm. and we're not trying to exclude anybody you know if you're a if you're a mum with a couple young kids and you think that it's important that they go and see what a climate protest looks like we fully you know believe that you should be able to access resources so you could go do that or take Mm -hmm. them to a beach cleanup or Mm -hmm. take them to a seed swap um but for us we're looking at people who end up you know doom scrolling on their phones mm. oh yes all they all they see is bad 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 mm. yeah. and they and they leave their phones feeling so much worse than when they got on and we know that you know our 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 piece of the puzzle is only one part of you know whatever impact social media has on young people but we know like i said that if psychologically if they just read news articles that are about devastation and degradation and more rainforest is being cut down and oh yeah that animals is extinct now and oh okay there's another oil spill and did you know the ice caps are melting and like (laughs) oh my god and then you try and relax and watch tv and david attenborough tells you the same stuff and it's yeah and i love attenborough but you know i mean i need to i need to mix it up Mm. um Uh, So I think that for us, it's been thinking about how can we really attack this head on? How can Mm. we sort of, um, it's a a, a kind of multi-headed beast that seems to keep growing heads the the more that you cut them off. Mm. And and we're trying to sort of tackle as many as we can. And that's really how this idea of, of Visions of Soon was born was we, we, we are not trying to mislead young people that the climate crisis does not exist or Mm. that it isn't as dire as it is. But we want to be able to provide young people with resources, actionable things that they can do so they can wake up and say, I am going to go on a rewilding project today. Mm. And that is not going to save the planet, but it is going to be a good contribution. And maybe if I do it once, then I'll do it again. And maybe Mm. if I do it again, I'll bring a friend and maybe they'll bring a friend. Mm. And it's just about giving people really easy, actionable steps. When I worked in grassroots organizing in Washington, D.C., it was about creating um, what they call a snowflake model Mm -hmm. which is about finding you know one person to bring in five people to bring in ten people Mm. and a bit like a cult but a really good cult 
like like a multi-level marketing scheme but a but good yeah yeah but like herbal life but fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> party like candlelight whatever yeah herbal life please don't come yeah. for me i don't have yeah, the money yeah. if you sue me yeah. i got nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that could be really hard because um because it is that the wanting to feel that what you're doing is inspiringly good Mm. whereas a lot a lot of the time it's like you know I've got to do this because it's like it's what I should be doing I've got to do it um because it's better and it's hard work you know like the Mm. amount of things that I want to do I do because I want to do like um trying to buy things that aren't in plastic and doing refill and all the rest but in the UK lots of refill shops are closing and Mm. so it's been getting harder to try and find places to refill and I'm like you know I've got to keep going I've got to keep going but it can feel really hard to find the find the places find the information to do the things and then when you do the things that you feel like you shouldn't, you get that guilt. I had to take two flights today. It wasn't my choice, but I was so guilty yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. time. And so having yeah. things that are more positive focused mm. can then make us do it more rather than Oh, just I thrive constantly. off positive reinforcement. So yeah. I'm all about this. It's totally Pavlovian and I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. I am the dog. Um, yeah. I, I, I think... I think the other thing is this idea of this like perfect environmentalist is so detrimental. Mm, it's mm. the same thing as, you know, the perfect feminist. It's, yeah. I think it's so mm, detrimental to, to mm. the movement. It doesn't help anybody. It actually. just makes me think of the good place when they're like, you can't get in the <laughs> yeah. good place because everyone's exactly. shit. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, philosophically, it doesn't actually make sense because yeah. most philosophers would agree that no person is perfect and everybody's yeah. flawed. Mm. So how have we sort of determined that you can be a perfect environmentalist. I'm sure, you know, Attenborough or Thunberg would, you know, have um, occasionally bought, like, you know, a plastic bottle of water. Are you telling me they've never got a delivery takeaway? Because that's just not true. That's not true. (laughs) I'm sure Attenborough loves a takeaway. I don't know. I don't... I can't see Attenborough getting a delivery takeaway. Oh, I can. He's getting a pizza on a Friday night. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah. (laughs) He's definitely getting... He's cool, Sarah. Yeah, 100%. I th- well, I think I think that the main thing is that um, what you were talking about, Sarah, of incorporating these things into your everyday life feels so hard. And that in and of itself is a real problem. In the 1970s, when plastic was kind of being pushed, mm. at least on the American public, mm. it was a push. It was not easy. People did not want to give up the sort of reusable, normal items that they had in their Mm. household. And what companies did was push, push, push to incorporate, you know, single-use shit plastic, frankly, into people's everyday lives. And it did work. But that had to be a system change, a behavioral change, and sort of a mindset change. Mm. And I think in the same way that they did that, whatever it is, 50 years ago... We need to do the same thing. We need to reshift the way that we think about buying food or, you know, buying clothes and mm. and and re- reusing what we have or even mending the things that we do have. Mm. And, and then also about going out and making 
sort of these actual practices and part of our everyday lives. It does not have to take up your whole life. Um, you know, going to going to a rally or, you know, going to a bulk food store doesn't need to be sort of this overwhelming yeah. idea. And I think it is it, it all goes back to that education, doesn't it? Because, you know, I take the piss, but having grown mm. up with Sarah, I mm. go and refill my shampoo and my conditioner bottles. Luckily, I'm in Bristol. There's loads of refill shops. I'm going to go <laughs> down the road to do it. I take my reusable bags. I've just ordered an odd box for the first time so that I've got fruit and veggies coming that would be got rid of. And it all stems from having that education of this is just something that we do and it's simple and it's easy and it doesn't add anything else. But if you haven't had that from, you know, mm. what was I? five, six years old. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. It's been yeah. quite a few years. <laughs> but it's not ingrained in you. So then it is this, well, how do I find the refill shop and how do I do this? Well, and going on to clothes you mentioned, mm. you know, I have I have noticed that shift in a lot of young people embracing uh, buying uh, things that are pre-loved, you know, yeah. buying clothes from various sites or charity shops or whatever that are loved. Which was great until the Depop wankers became a thing with their Y2K baby tee, 50 pounds. What is that? Go to your charity shop. We, ju- we just hit a nerve. <laughs> We've hit a nerve. Okay. okay, that's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Personal Stroke grudge. on you, stroke on you. There Personal we go, grudge. there we go. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really nice seeing that kind of thing um sort of changing um but it is also really hard because doing that kind of thing takes time so I think there is a certain level of privilege Mm. that if you have the time if you have the education you know if you have the money Money. then you can do these things but if you haven't then that's really hard yeah money is a massive one as well because I think if you if you think about who's being the most impacted by climate change. Mm. And we need to think about this really intersectionally. The the lack of the lack of money that, you know, when when sort of these sustainable products came out and they were really marketed as luxury items, yeah. which was also very detrimental because sustainability does not need to be luxurious. <laughs> it does not need to be fancy. It does not need to be like Approved by Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, like fuck you, you Gwyneth can... Paltrow. Sorry. <laughs> you, you know like, what? And you can put that out there because sue me if you want, Gwyneth. I'll it's take the last you. episode of the series. You know, yeah. fuck it. What is what is Goop gonna do? You know? Yeah. What are you gonna do, Goop? Fight me. You'll have to catch me first. Exactly. They're too tired because they only eat almonds. So it's like <laughs> I think I think that <laughs> I think that these ideas have sort of kind of, they've festered. They've created this. Mm like a silly image of what sustainability is. And when I think about living in a really circular way, really sustainably, I think about how people used to live where they would Mm. buy something they had. You know, my, my dad grew up in, um, in Peterborough and, um, he always talks about sort of living this like very simple life in, in like the countryside. Mm. Um, and you know, his, his dad like grew spuds in his backyard and they ate what was in the garden and they had bought, you know, like one new piece of clothing a year Mm. and they wore it Mm. until there were holes in it. And I think when, when, when we think about luxury, we think that we need to own the best thing and and look a certain way and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this 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 movement of living more sustainably is about encouraging each other to just do the right thing. And it yeah. doesn't need to be perfect and it really doesn't need to be that pretty. But if you're 
going to the store and you're taking your reusable bag, does it need to be like the fancy reusable bag or does it just need to <laughs> be the like slogan on it? <laughs> exactly. Or does it just need to be like, you know, a crappy like reusable bag that's going to get the job done that you're going to cost per wear, you're mm. going to use a thousand times and that's going to help. So yeah. I think it's about really being thoughtful in, and, and making those choices. And um, I think that's kind of what we're trying to do is really encourage young people to like take a beat you have time slow down you know everything is so fast everything these days feels so so fast fast. and that's and the climate crisis feels like it's kind of speeding along at such a painfully rapid pace that we can't keep up and again I'm not saying that part of that isn't true but I'm just saying that like take a breath and and do something and if you do something in a thoughtful way it can have an impact yeah but it's it's so true I mean that whole thing of it being marketed as luxury i mean you keep seeing those like stanley cups that are being used as like take it on your hot girl walk like you know it's sustainable and you can put wine in it if you want and all this and it's like okay that's great but like there's nothing wrong with just reusing the same plastic water bottle until it disintegrates if that's what you want to do go for it don't leave it in a hot car because that's yeah. like super ready, you know, yeah. but like... I did that once. The Fanta inside turned like white. It was really weird. Ooh, grim. Hope you didn't yeah. drink it. Um, I didn't. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, when people don't really know where to start, hopefully what, you know, these these new sort of environmental movements can do that are more inclusive, are, you know, our work included in that is give people really like step by step, hold their hand. We are a community doing this together. No one is perfect. And also we're not, you're not in this alone, right? Like a big part of the climate anxiety, I think comes from this feeling of isolation Mm. that young people feel really isolated and really alone. And I think that makes me quite sad because there are so many people out there, especially if you're a young person, I would highly encourage you. There was um, on April 22nd, we had our Earth Day um, Extinction Rebellion rally. I would highly encourage you to find Mm. a group of people rallying or a march happening Mm. or a protest because you can see physically the amount of people that pardon my French, give a shit about the climate Mm -hmm. crisis. You can see it before you. And there is like a feeling that comes over you every time I go to a protest. Oh, it's a whole sense of community. Yeah. It's undeniable. And I've been to loads of protests now in my life. I've been to protests, you know, at the Supreme Court protesting against Brett Kavanaugh. And I've been protesting for women's rights and environmental rights and all of these things. And Every time it never gets old, you always feel a, such a strong sense of solidarity with the people around you. Mm. And I think if young people can feel that, feel that encouragement, feel that hope, that hope that it feels like it's diminishing a lot of times, mm. I think that will really help. Mm. So is that the, um, in terms of what we can do, because we can feel that we are an individual trying mm. to do little bits that can feel Mm. difficult to do or can make you feel holier than thou, hair-shirted, doing it, you know, either Mm. way. um, That can change, you know, on a daily basis. Uh, But then is it also about then uh, being able to do things collectively because, of course, the feeling that it isn't about the individual, it is about the corporates, it is about the dirty dozen. Mm. So Mm. how we can then make a difference with them is that then about being able to have that positive connection to rally to protest to look i'm gonna say it now the right to protest is so important 
I think, I think, well, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Anya. I mean, I think that going to, um, going to so many, you know, we're, these are not new ideas, right? Like when you go to Black Lives Matter protests, you see that the collective is so important in so many ways. One, because, you know, human beings are not a species that are meant to live alone. And so we do need each other. Um, and, and because that community and solidarity is so important, but also because that community that uh, breeds accountability. And I think when you are in a collective of people, you have so much power to hold these big companies accountable and, and, to, uh, and to use your sort of um, the people power and also the power of money. You know, we go back to making thoughtful purchases and being thoughtful with the actions you take. And, you know, just do some quick research into the brands from which you are purchasing or the companies from which you are sort of um, supporting with your money. Mm. And you may find that you are, um, without your knowledge, giving money to companies and people you do not want to be supporting. And so I think that pulling back the curtain on those sorts of things um, will also hold those people accountable who have been getting away with doing obscene things to the planet for for far too long and I think that um you know uh there are so many ways to get involved in climate action you know it doesn't just need to be political we've had you know vision visionaries is what we call these incredible people on our website who um you know encourage uh wild swimming they do like wild swimming tours and and sort of teach people about local ecosystems or they're you know building hives for bees or they're um sort of restoring elm trees and and encouraging sustainable carpentry um so it can it can come in so many forms that if you're like i'm not a political person um uh, uh i would encourage you to be <laughs> but if you feel like that's not where you want to start you have so many choices you know the whole point of visions of soon is like we're kind of giving you so many options you can't say no to getting involved in climate action and um we hope that by by sort of learning about the work we do and exploring our resources there will genuinely be something for everyone and if there isn't you should tell us and we will help you find it um i think that's kind of the the goal of the of the work we're doing so i've got two things listening to you one is it sounds like much of what you're doing is about changing a way of life not mm. just doing what you should be doing for climate change mm. because a lot of the things seem to be about reconnecting to a planet reconnecting to a community that we've lost connection with yeah. in this material sort of world so that's one, I want to... Capitalism is the root of all evil. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, two is, like our punch with a one, two, three, is there something that we can keep in mind that we should be doing, uh, mm. you know, in that, you know, one for a, a reusable bag? Two, <laughs> you know, if you don't get that reference, go and listen to Tuesday's Tasting Room episode. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, well, I think you put it really beautifully, Sarah, which is it is about changing a way of life. Um, I think that um, we've become quite disconnected from the world around us. And that's not just young people. I think that's everybody. But I, you know, we um, I sound so old saying this, but, you know, people used to go out into the world and see nature and like mm. touch their feet to the earth and and 
put their hands in the soil. And I'm not saying that we need to revert back, you know, in time a couple hundred years because there were a lot of things that were not working. (laughs) So I'm not saying we were getting it all right. Like not all of it, but some of it. (laughs) I would say like 80% don't do. The 20% we should do is, you know, going outside and seeing nature. Yeah, let's let's keep sanitation, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. That's been really good. I love sanitation and I um uh and I love uh, working to end racism and sexism. Big fan. Big fan. Love like healthcare as well. Can I throw that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a as a girl who moved back from America to the UK, also love healthcare. Yeah. I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> um, uh, big endorsement. Um, I think I think that the the way of life of reconnecting um it really requires reintegration into your everyday experiences. This idea that the earth is all around us and um and not to sound too insane, but it she does take care of us mm-hmm. and if you exploit something long enough in the same way that if you sort of exploit and take advantage of a person um, long enough, it will eventually leave you. And we're kind of witnessing that Mother Earth has had enough. And you know what? Fair play to her, because if the, if Mother Earth was my friend, I'd <laughs> be like, oh my God, leave them. They are treating you terribly. Dump him. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a toxic relationship. And uh, and I, I completely agree. So we just have to think about if we were treating the earth the way we were treating a person in our lives, would we want to be doing this? And, you know, the answer feels like a no. Um, and in terms of the recipe for a perfect, sustainable life, um, I don't know that I have one. because Oh, I don't know if it's a perfect, sustainable life, but just a recipe <laughs> for us for tomorrow. Sure. I think I think that every every time we've spoken to somebody um, about how they live their lives, it's usually connected to sort of the way that they feel about the environment and how it makes them feel and, and the life that they live. If I were to, if I were to give sort of recommendations, I would say um, I would say go and and and. I would well. I would say go to Visions of Soon for you know more information and resources. But I would I would also say like just very quickly, where would we go to Visions of Soon? Oh, it's at Visions of Soon is go. our Instagram handle or <laughs> Visions of Soon dot org. Um, I I would say that think about the think about the thing that you think is missing the most in climate action. For everyone, that's a little bit different. And if, you know, you think it's, you know, we need to focus on clean water or we need to focus on deforestation or we need to focus on how we're going to feed everybody. That's a big part of the climate crisis Um, and how our food systems are so backwards. It's actually crazy. Um, Or fast fashion is really a massive polluter or, you know, I'm sorry, but we should stop eating a lot of the meat that we're eating. Whatever your thing is. Do a couple minutes of research and find, you know, something that you feel is a, a reasonable, actionable goal. It's like setting any other goal. Start your meatless Mondays, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to run a marathon next week, but maybe you could go on like a, you know, a, f- a 5K jog in a month, you know, like be really kind of reasonable with yourself. And then I would also say, as silly as it sounds, invite a friend to do the thing mm. because as much as I love doing things on my own, and I think it's important for people to do things on their own, climate action is not going to happen alone. So you need to invite some friends and also hold yourself accountable by doing so and holding them accountable. And um, 
uh, I don't know how somebody could say no to saying, hey, do you want to help save the planet by going and doing a beach cleanup? Because it does um, imply a bit of guilt. It makes you a bit <laughs> of a dickhead if your mate's like, hey, come with me and do this beach clean. And you're like, ew, no, mm, like that's ew. OK. Well, you're being a exactly. dickhead there. Like, come on, it- I'll buy us chips at the end. <laughs> come on exactly yeah Yeah, you don't really have an excuse but I think that if you make it if you make it like a really cool fun thing that you're all just doing as friends or as a family you give yourself a little treat afterwards like you can have your iced (laughs) oat milk latte afterwards like come on onion loves a reward system is what we're learning in this episode yeah oh yes oh yeah (laughs) happy happy for that happy for that anyone who's listening has just learned how to manipulate me for the rest of time totally (laughs) Totally. Exactly. And, and I, yeah, I think if you're being sort of, yeah, really consistent and you're being diligent and you're not burdening yourself with this work and putting it all on your shoulders because it shouldn't be. And if you're not punishing yourself because you took a flight last week by saying, now I have to go, you know, donate a thousand pounds or I have to go do, you know, seven beach cleanups, you know, you're rewarding yourself with doing this really important meaning world. Or that you give up, you know, like a New Year's resolution. Mm, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym. And then all of January, you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to. And then it's like, oh, well, I'll do it next year. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the other thing, if we're thinking about this in the way that you think about going to the gym, which is not a bad idea, Sarah, is I heard a great thing, which is, if I don't feel like going to the gym, what I will do is I'll make myself go in for 10 minutes. I'll put 10 minutes on the timer. And if at the end of 10 minutes, I think I've had enough, I'm allowed to leave. But usually what happens is I get to the end of 10 minutes and I'm happy to keep going. Mm. And I think it's the same with any kind of action, any kind of grassroots organizing that you're doing is you say, I don't need to do this big thing. I will do this little thing. If I finish the little thing and I decide I'm done for the day, if I you know, if you're in the States, if I write a letter to my congressman or I call, you know, you call your MP's office or, you know, I, you know, donate five pounds or, you know, I, uh, you know, sign up for a compost bin. If I do my little thing and I decide that my little thing is enough for the day, then that is okay. But I think you'll find that once you do that little thing, you'll feel so good about it and you'll realize how important it is to do those little things that you'll just keep doing more. And, Hopefully, like like you said, Sarah, we get to a point where it's just a, a part of your everyday life and you've changed your life, really. And um, and I think that that's sort of the, the, the most important thing we can hope for. And also, it'll make people feel better. We just mm-hmm. want young people to feel better about the world we live in. It's so bleak right now and people mm-hmm. feel so um, negative and, and sort of bogged down by all of these horrible things happening. And... Like I said before, I'm not saying we can fix all of it, but mm. we're just going to try. I think trying is really important. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, those habit building, you know, thinking about the the water bottle. I've had my mm. water bottle for years and I'm lost without my water bottle. I left it in the it's car the when we went to London. water bottle, yeah. And I, yeah. it was left. It was left and I was abandoned and it was really, really hard. But that's an absolute habit that I can't go anywhere without my water bottle because it's just... That is what I do. It is just Mm. habit forming. Um, But it can feel really hard when you're trying to do everything and you're seeing loads of things that are happening in the world and not seeing the big corporates trying. Mm. Because I think um, 
there's a lot of things that you see that are, you know, we're producing something that's in recyclable packaging. It's like, yeah, that's great, but we still have to recycle it. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. are we still doing that? You know, greenwashing. Yeah, it's, it's re- yes. Yeah, so the whole greenwashing campaigns can feel really demoralizing. Is there anything that we can be doing to just beat them up apart from just protesting? But I think protesting can also (laughs) feel hard because it's not being heard. Uh, Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's a completely valid point. And um, as much as I um, completely agree with Anya's right to protest, and I think everybody has the right to protest, I, I completely understand the sentiment of you just feel like that's that's not where, you know, you want to sort of contribute your time. Greenwashing is um, enormously demoralizing, almost borderline infantilizing, because... <sighs> Because we know and knowledge is power. And once you know, you can't unknow. And then you watch them like literally put a green sticker on something and you go, well, it's not, that doesn't, that didn't, that's not really hitting the you way I think you thought it was going to do hit. anything. You didn't, mm-hmm. but that's like cute that you tried, but like not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that it goes back to the idea that you really have to just put your money where your mouth is. The amount of things that sometimes I go, ugh. You know, maybe I wish I could purchase from them, but I just... I really, really want a Diet Coke, but I'm not going to get the Diet Coke right now. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, it's it's about... There's there's a really great website um, that Emma Emma Watson, I believe, helped start. Because, of course, she did, because she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We love Emma Watson. Putting that out there. We love her. Yeah. And um, next podcast guest, question mark, question mark? I would love. If anyone has a connection, let me know. The website is called Good On You, and I think it's a really helpful website if you're if you're maybe you're a really big shopper and you like shopping, but you realize that some of your shopping choices maybe are not the most sustainable. And instead of going cold turkey and quitting shopping altogether, which um, is hard, is an, un, is an unreasonable ask, at least in the beginning. This website really helps you navigate why brands are good or bad. It gives you really clear, detailed ratings on anything from like swimwear to athletic wear to shoes to anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really about putting money into brands that are focused on paying their workers a fair wage, which is also a big Mm. part of the climate crisis, um, which is focused on, you know, circular design and making sure they understand where their waste is going, how to reduce the waste they're producing, and also paying to take responsibility for the waste they are creating. Like they're not just producing it and then letting it go into sort of streams and oceans and landfills and sort of going, well, it's not my problem anymore. Um, and being really sort of intentional with 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 their production. You know, they're not producing in mass, they're producing small batches. Um, yeah. So brands like brands like that, thinking about how you can sort of um, tap into the work they're doing. And if those brands are expensive, then, you know, use the app, find the cheaper. That's but the thing. But if you really love fashion and you're like, I really want to buy clothes, 
find your local charity shop and make like an early 2000s rom-com like make your wild child moment where you like find your clothes in this charity shop and you make them your own and you just have fun with it (laughs) and we'll encourage you to go that way exactly well I was thinking about something you said earlier about the you know just not doing something you know we can think Mm. about all of this as being something we have to do we have to change a behavior we have to do something differently blah 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 but actually just going I'm not going to drink a diet coke for example because that's what you just said earlier Anya Mm -hmm. for however long and then Mm. the money that I save on the diet coke I could then buy that really cute top from that company that I wouldn't have normally bought from because it's a bit expensive Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, that's quite a lot of saving of Diet Coke. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then but, you get you know, your reward, reward system. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's I think it goes back to that idea of like the the idea of fast fashion is new. Like mm. this is not a this is not a thing we've been doing for that long. Mm. You know, like I said, people used to just buy you know a coat when it got cold yeah. and, and a sew it top up when, when it, it got warm when it breaks <laughs> and now exactly. we're like oh sorry corset tops are so two weeks ago and we're suddenly looking at these dresses now and you and you bin them and i think mm-hmm. i think it's um i think it's really about you know like mending what you have and 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 reusing what you own and if you want to think about it even on another level a lot of these things clothes that go into charity shops that aren't purchased by us they usually get sent to developing countries where they're sold in their markets and on the on the surface that sounds fine but actually what it does is it really impacts the local mm. clothing production and their culture of, of clothing mm. um, because pe- it is a lot cheaper to just sell clothes that have been mass imported from other countries. And it's so I say this because it hits on so many levels that next time you're going and buying that, you know, that piece of clothing, just give it a think. And I'm not mm. saying that, you know, you have to sort of change your whole way of life. Um, and again, on the, especially for young people, the burden of all of this is not solely on your shoulders, but it just, you. I think we need to start thinking as global citizens mm. that the actions that we take don't just impact us. They do really impact everyone around us, our community, our city, the planet we live in. Um, you know, I... I just got back from um, doing field work in Tanzania, which was amazing. And I'm, I met these, I met so many incredible women and the trip was not about, you know, impacting my life, I promise. Um, but I think that going to Tanzania, it was, you, you can see firsthand how the things that we have done in Western countries, how they are impacting their, their climate and their ecosystems, eroding their, their shorelines and, I think that that's so important for you know young people to understand that 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 we are all helping each other and we are all working on this together and I don't mean that in a sad sort of solemn way. I mean that in a really hopeful way. Like mm. we're all in this together, mm. which means that there are 8 billion of us that are really trying to fix this. Mm. Mm. And I think you know it doesn't just apply for young people. Um, <laughs> You're young at heart, Sarah, it's fine. Sorry, sorry <laughs> Completely, Sarah. completely, completely. Uh, but absolutely, the whole just taking a beat, as you said, and just thinking, because mm. there is so much out there manipulating us to buy shit. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. God, yeah. You know, there is just so much out there and just, you know, suggesting this and suggesting that, making us do the things that actually 
we as humans doesn't make us better. It doesn't, you know, really help anything. So just taking a beat, I think, applies to all of us, mm. even with grey hair. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of grey hair. By the way, mm. I think it's I think it's fantastic. They're silver I've, streaks. I pay lots of money you for my rock silver your grey. streaks. Everyone says you rock your grey. You don't I, need the ego boost. Come on. <laughs> I, I I I think that um, uh, I yeah I think that at at any at any age it's it's about you know thinking about how we can sort of work together i know that sort of intergenerate intergenerationally mm. um i think that there are also some difficulties because i think the younger generation to um maybe my grandparents age or somebody you know the older generations there's a different idea about the what the world even looks like yeah. and what we understand and Honestly, it again, it sounds so like, you know, woohoo-y, but it's really genuinely about talking to each other mm. and having these conversations about, you know, what the Even world looks they're like. a little bit hard and sometimes you kind of want to scream. <laughs> yeah, they're a little, un- they're a little uncomfy. <laughs> Should I go and, yeah. you can't say that anymore, Grandma. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's a universal experience that everybody has had like an uncomfy conversation with like an uncle or a, or a grandma or whatever mm. it is about anything, you know. But I think especially about climate that, you know, when, when, you know, 80-year-old grandparents were young. This was not even a, a phrase that we used. Climate change was not a thing. Global warming did not exist. Before, like, Al Gore in 2006, people thought global warming was, like, way too big of a concept. Yeah, yeah both of you made such a good point about education and, and sort of what that all comes back to. But community is massive, but also the community helps one another. The community shares stories with one another. The community supports one another. And, um, and it's it's just imperative that we are supporting each other and telling each other how we can do better, holding one another accountable, and then using that collective momentum and that collective power to hold those um, in power accountable for their actions. Because like you have both said this, you know, what, they, what they've done is horrible and it can't go on much longer. And that, that social community, actually I was just thinking, is, is really useful online mm. as well. Be the things like um, too good to go, thinking about mm. food waste, and being able to give you ideas for the things that you would normally throw away. I mean, mm. I haven't made bacon out of banana skins yet. I'm I'm mm. saving the family from that one. Yeah, thank um, you, Sarah. But you know what? I'm going <laughs> to come back to my old favourite here of go on TikTok. But absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm sure somebody somewhere has done a tutorial on how you sew up a hole in your jeans. Like Totally, sewing up socks. You know, the grannies that can actually help with that. Mm. Um, You know, because I'm thinking about my parents and learning things about growing vegetables and stuff that learning from them. There must be loads of stuff on TikTok. There's so so much stuff. Yeah, the beauty of of that you know those communities is that there is so much information so I would say that sometimes it feels like you're swimming through too much information but if you know where you're looking you can find good stuff I will say that I believe it was TikTok which introduced me to the hand sewer which is just like a small handheld contraption which sews up things so if you don't want to sew by hand yeah and it is not that it is not that expensive either and so if for instance all of the linings of 
my coats went in the winter and I used the hand sewer and I just went and I, you know, and I sewed it all back up. This is insane. Oh, yeah. Life changing. Get yourself a hand sewer. Not everybody can afford a big Singer sewer, sewing machine and they rightfully don't need to and no, not everybody wants to sew. And also those take a fair amount of skill to use. Like, yeah, they're not yeah, easy. Yeah. And and if you do one wrong move with a Singer sewing machine, you've you're broken out. the whole thing yeah. and you're out. Exactly, it's game over. So you have, you have options. You have places you can go. And also I think one of the other be- things that is really beautiful about community and online social communities like you both mentioned is that people are really creative mm. and kind of thrifty and they'll find interesting ways to get things done and um and so that that's maybe a fun challenge if you're that kind of person who thinks i wonder if i can do x by doing y and z if you're motivated more by spite than by reward Mm. systems maybe that's the way to go for you you're like all right i see what you can do i'm gonna do better take your pick yeah everybody has their own flavor so Yeah. yeah exactly you have you definitely have choice and um yeah i think that's sort of the the beautiful thing as well you can see sarah's like this has been great <laughs> <laughs> oh it has it has been great and i'm now thinking about all sorts of other ideas that i can make all of the things we do in the house better oh god um, i'm definitely I'm getting I'm a not... handheld sewer oh no okay exactly. you can do that yeah yeah <laughs> Get your handheld sewer. Ask ask your parents, like, you know, if, uh, again, if you live in the States, in, in some countries, you can get, like, solar panels for really cheap or for free, you know, funded by the government. You just need to know where to ask. Or you can get your handheld sewer. Or you can get your compost bin delivered to your apartment. Or you can take your compost to your local, like, uh, you know, Saturday, like, produce market, and they will take it for you, um, you know. You have infinite options of ways that the, you know, community and local government, despite its innumerable flaws, is occasionally set up to help you. And sometimes it's helped to it's set up to help you in a sustainable way. So um, you you certainly have options. And I and I think that the work that I'm I'm trying to do at the moment is with with Madeline is just to 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 support that, to help people feel less alone. And I should also mention that we have a brilliant like creative visual team um uh, an incredible photographer named zoe salt who's worked with national geographic and and all of those um amazing you know publications and organizations and a really amazing videographer named jay and they help create the sort of visuals so people can actually visibly tangibly see um a future that they could believe in whether it's incredibly Mm. you know clear waters or beautiful beaches or you know lush forests or whatever it is um they go take those photos and videos and bring that to life for people so that they can really feel like they're connected back with nature and like that's something they 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 want to sort of foster and nurture and and help grow i love the yeah being able to visualize what this place could be rather Mm. than just constantly being told you're running out of time yeah I think we've made it too hard on young people to see a future they believe in. And we haven't given them a chance to use their own creative minds to see uh, a vision that they can sort of believe in and put their stamp of approval on. And hopefully with sort of resources and access at their fingertips, using the internet and social media for good, we can help 
just give them the tools to do something mm. that is already sort of within them and um, just putting pen to paper and, and making it all a reality. And hopefully we can check back in in maybe 20 years and we will have found that we've done something really good and really beautiful, created a really beautiful community. We'll see you for season 50. <laughs> oh, in 20 lovely. years time <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just you know might not be but hey I'm just throwing a number out there <laughs> the longest running podcast of all time <laughs> yeah could you imagine in fact we won't even keep running we'll just do a special in like 20 years time going hold on wait we're back yeah it's just like the coronation street just sort of like never ends yeah. it's just like an infinite just keep changing gorgeous. characters maybe maybe one of you will have like a freaky twin sister we didn't know Perfect. about yeah one we'll have that gonna kill someone oh, yeah, yeah. I cannot deal with any more weird shit in our family. I can't. Proper Jeremy <laughs> Kyle style, you know. Yeah, we'll have some of that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> cannot wait. And all the time, I'm going to be visualising what I could have in the future. Uh-huh. A second me. Yeah. <gasps> Cloned. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Can't believe that's how that that part of the conversation ended. I didn't mean to turn it into some weirder. No, I love that. I love that. I love when we go off on weird tangents. Brilliant. (laughs) Are you happy, Sarah? I I feel like you're processing. I am. I'm processing because I'm processing how nice it is to have a vision of a future, to be constantly doing, because, you know, as you know, I am obsessed and I'm constantly looking for things to change. But actually, my drive has been just always on what else can I do? You know, Mm. I'm doing these, I'm changing behaviours, but what what else can I do? What can I do next? Mm. But then also to have a what can I do next? And here's a vision of actually what I could be aiming towards. Mm. Not what am I trying to prevent, but what could I be aiming towards? And Mm. I think that's a focus I haven't really had before and it would be really lovely to have. I could lead towards a place that isn't all doom and gloom, that isn't constant news of floods and droughts and shit happening, but Mm. is just a bit more equilibrium because of everything we're all doing. And I think that's a lovely sort of hope to be aiming Mm. towards. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I think I think the last thing I'll say is, you know, if you were feeling sick, you would hope that you would be able to look online and find a good doctor and go see the doctor and get some help. And at the moment, young people feel that the planet is sick and they don't know where to go and they don't know where to turn and they don't know what to do. And I think if we're treating the planet the same way we would treat one another, which we should with care and love and kindness, then hopefully visions of soon is a place where you can turn and find things you need and feel a little bit better and a little more hopeful and that's just really all we can you know all we can hope to do oh i feel a little warm and gooey inside what a great way to end this series (laughs) gorgeous (laughs) i'm just i'm thankful because i know that sometimes people people have everybody has a different opinion on how we should be taking action and what we should be doing which is part of visions of soon is you can all find your own path but i think i'm i'm glad that we're all in agreement that we need to be helping each other so i much appreciate joining you today because i think um i think it's been lovely and i hope people will feel hopeful and as warm and as fuzzy as anya feels thank you so much joining us i've had such a good time
It's been Likewise. brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, really warm course. and fuzzy. It's and really warm. Not just the nice strong gin. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Thank God it's not navy strength. <laughs> and gin, it's the reward system. The reward system for all the things we can do. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for giving us a positive climate end to our series. Not a climate end, but, you know, visions of soon (laughs) after this series has ended. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you both so much. I appreciate it. episode of the series on you i know isn't that crazy i know i keep saying it, it but it's crazy. crazy and you know what what a great episode to go out on i love annabelle i think she's really given us a positive end which yeah we don't absolutely. always hear with climate change and it's about bloody time we do yeah I, yeah completely because we pretty much know that the climate is shit And, you know, there is so much out there in terms of what we should be doing, but that can just make us completely unable to do anything at all. And Mm -hmm. having some focus, having some collective drive um, and ideas, definitely getting a handheld sewing. Yeah. And can you get me one for my birthday? Because I want that. Yep. It's so on your birthday list. Excellent. Yeah, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So visions are seen. I need to go and have a look at. Yep. And on a regular day-to-day, just get that positive, this is what I'm aiming towards. This yeah. is what I'm doing it all for. Yeah. And being gentle with yourself. You know, we're all just doing the best we can in this fucking weird shit show of a world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. Because it is just mm-hmm. that constant you've got to be doing this you should be doing yeah. that you know fine sometimes i'm gonna have a shit day but then i'm gonna look at it and go no i do want that world i don't want this world some days i'm gonna order deliveroo with loads of packaging that doesn't need to come with it because i've had a really sad girl day but you know what i'm gonna put those containers in the dishwasher i'm gonna reuse them so at least i'm doing something yeah Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's all right to do it just every now and again now when and you've again. got David Attenborough over and he's said that it has to be delivery. Look, we don't know David, okay? We haven't had him on the podcast. We don't know. If we ever do, my first question to him will be, have you ever ordered a delivery or are you Absolutely. more of an Uber Eats man? <laughs> Which, of course, I can't answer either of those because I don't get them here. No, and I'm really hoping we never have him on the podcast now because I really don't want to have to ask David Attenborough that question. <laughs> I don't think that's really a risk. So let's just check on our little question here. Do our actions really matter for combating climate change? Yes. Yes. Yeah, in, yes. A, in a way they do, and that's what matters. In a good way. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, because if we all stop doing everything, then we, you know we're having it would a be worse. negative impact. You, you're not making anything worse by doing it, you know. But if we do something and then encourage somebody else to do something and you then encourage them, better. and a whole pyramid scheme 
of climate change. <laughs> We're all in a pyramid scheme and it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, completely, because it's actually going to do something decent. It's not just for the profit. Yeah. You know, we could boycott the things that, you know, that dirty dozen. Have a look at that yeah. dirty dozen. Bo- boycott them. And in that, we then start to have a change. And if occasionally when you're super hungover and you really do want a Diet Coke, fine. you got to do what you got to do. Make up for it in other ways. You're one person. We all do those things that nobody knows knows about, you know. What do you do, Sarah? What do you do? Go on, what's your dirty climate change secret? (laughs) My dirty climate change secret. I think I have bought a smoothie in a plastic bottle. Because oh I really God. wanted a smoothie. Wow, you're a Again. heathen. You are an absolute And I didn't heathen. reuse the bottle. I put it into recycling. <gasps> oh, <laughs> well, in that case, honestly, you are the worst. You might as well be part of the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> is it just me or is Dirty Dozen sounding like a good gang name? Anyway. <laughs> well, it's, it's a film, isn't it? The Dirty mm. Dozen. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you're too young. You I'm see. too young. But, okay, final. If so, what should we be doing? Whatever you want and whatever you can. Yeah, totally. And it doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be something. But if it is amazing and pretty, then well done. You put it on your Instagram and encourage other people. Super. I think that's it. Gin. Well. Top. Great gin. Top gin. Top end of the series. Top gin. Hopefully see you for another one. And if you haven't listened to the tasting room yet... Listen, Star of Bombay, super. And if you haven't listened to the rest of the series, you fucking better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole of that. It yeah. was awesome. Oh, yeah. I really good what we can do next week. Um, I'm probably going to read, if I'm honest. I think I might just drink gin on my own. Oh, yeah, look, exactly. You were being really dramatic for no reason there, weren't you? You bitch. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll see you in a few weeks anyway, if not this weekend. So, pfft. Yeah. Or for the next series. Oh, could do. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. We finished the gin. That was this week's topic. Join us next week for another one. Lovely. Where can people find us in the meantime, Sarah? At Topic Gin. So find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, find us on Face FaceTime? No? Facebook? We're on Facebook. Yeah. Oh good. But we're not on TikTok. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> or you can head over to our website, ginandtopic.com. And you can email us hello at ginandtopic.com. And you can see us on Tuesday for the tasting room. The next gin. Oh, can't wait. See you then. And see you next week for the next topic too. Ooh.